Welcome to CADcast. I'm your host, Nick Sweeney, and last week I was supposed to post this episode and then I ended up having like no time to do so. So this episode, which is also supposed to be last week's, I'm going to be talking with one of our application engineers to dive into a couple of different things. Specifically, we're going to start off with maybe the most famous presentation of all of 3D Experience World. And I don't really say that joking too much. It was one of the top five most sended presentations. And then we'll talk about just getting into some fun stuff with SolidWorks and and some of his inspiration, as well as just general talk about the tool. So with that, I'm going to jump into my interview with Ryan Field, and we're going to start off by just talking a little bit about II Matey. If you've not heard of it, definitely go check it out. Joining me this week is our senior application engineer on, you know, I would normally say the CATI, but we're all CATI now. So I guess on the SolidWorks specifically side, Ryan Field. Ryan, welcome to CADcast. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Nick. Uh, thanks for having me. I am very excited about this conversation because you became something of a celebrity around <laughs> 3D experience world because I guess you had this crazy awesome presentation that I want to talk about today. I think you were, what, the second or third most attended presentation of of all? Something like that? Well, they didn't tell us the, the exact number, but it, it, in the top five, yeah. Let's Which just is, say yeah, pretty, pretty surprising. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if we don't know, then we'll just say you were the number one presentation. That's I mean, that's they didn't tell <laughs> sure, us you we'll weren't. Take it. <laughs> but well, they before, said it wasn't number one. They told us who number one was, but it was okay. somewhere in the top five. <laughs> Fine. Then we'll go with two. There but we go. before we jump into all of that, I told you that I have to ask this question because I asked all of my guests. What was your very first version of Solver? So before we talk about all the cool stuff you can do with it and the cool stuff you did, what was the first version that you used? Well, I don't know what version it was, but I know what year it was. It would, would have been back, I think, well, well it was 2002. Um, so it was as an, at an internship, so not the EDU version. It was, uh, it was given a, a task um, as an intern to basically do probably the work that the engineer didn't want to. Uh, he had some assemblies that basically had to make some, some explosive views and assembly drawings um, for him. So have you always used SOLIDWORKS? Has that been your primary CAD tool ever since that internship? Or are you one of the people that, you know, you've touched AutoCAD and you've touched SOLIDWORKS, you've touched Creo, and, or, or has it always been SOLIDWORKS for you? Uh, so what I initially learned on in college, um, not too extensively, but was, um, was a version of Pro Engineer. Um, I think it was Wildfire. Um, but for the most part, once I was out in industry, it was SOLIDWORKS um, 95% of the time. Uh, there was a little bit of, of Creo in there, uh, but for the most part, it was SOLIDWORKS. So I asked because everybody kind of uses different CAD tools for different reasons. Uh, some people will use, like, for architecture, SOLIDWORKS isn't necessarily the best tool out there. There are a lot of great tools out there that work very well for that. So I was curious, like, you know, what's your background here? Because what you really focused on in your 3D Experience World presentation, at least I think so, was <laughs> tackling some some fun challenges that you run into in SOLIDWORKS, but you did it with like a, a fun piratey twist. Is that right? Yep. Uh, so it was really based off of a presentation that I had done before, done before, um, which is basically more efficiently using mates inside of SOLIDWORKS and getting into those efficiently using them, but also some of the more advanced mates and some of the newer mate tools. Um, but yeah, trying to do something a little more uh, fun and interactive with it. Um, so kind of went with the pirate theme. Um, why did that for uh well you know matey is something the pirates say so uh you know inmates so that's kind of where that that part of it came from but okay. i also have two two young kids and they're in the phase right now of you know dressing up like pirates uh making treasure maps having treasure chests stuff like that so 
that's kind of where that that formed uh, coming up with that topic and then uh, just coming up with the different models basically to to show all the stuff that I wanted to show. And you did like cannons and, and it was it was full pirate theme throughout the whole thing, which I, I really liked that you really kept this motif throughout the whole presentation. I thought that was pretty clever. Thank you. Um, yeah, did a uh, cannon, um, did a uh, like the, the telescope, um, a uh, got a little um, imaginative there. I had to use the imagination, but a uh, using a robot for a, a cannonball um, loader into the cannon. Um, then actually ended it with you know talking about magnetic mates, um, but uh, getting into a like the the treasure room of the pirates uh, where we basically Ooh. could pick and choose and put all our, our different treasures on, on different shelves and everything. That's what really um, cool. So kind of showing off the, the magnetic mates, but um, in a little, little bit different way, I guess. So let's talk a little bit about mates, I guess, since, since we're here and we're talking about your presentation, you focused on these really cool things you can do with mates. Mates are a really big thing when it comes to assembling your models for a future growth and b just like making it reasonable and making it fit and, and, not break going forward. Do you have a favorite type of mate? Because I actually do. But do you have like a mate that you think this is the best mate that you can use? Um, this one has so many great uh, purposes for it. I really like it. Or one uh -huh. that like maybe they improved significantly by adding it. Sure. Um, mine is probably the with mate. Um, it's one that I really like mine. a lot. Um, oh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's a pretty powerful one. And that was one I... Not exactly sure when it came out, but it was one that um, I didn't really know about when I was uh, in industry. Um, I don't know how long it was there when I was there, but when I first learned about it, um, becoming an AE, I was you know really mad I didn't have that back back then. And I'm sure it was there at some point. Let look back, it was at least 2010, so it was before there. So it was definitely there. It was just one of those things that I, you know, I was focusing on just doing what I do, right, getting my job done, not mm -hmm. looking around for the most efficient way. So it was just one of those tools I didn't know was there. Um, and that was kind of the, um, the reason for this presentation, right? It's a lot of, you know, simple things in the presentation, but, um, if you don't know they're there, all right, you don't know to use them. And that's kind of a big part of the battle is knowing that that's the stuff exists. And that's something that we'll get to here in a bit. Cause I, you and I both do a lot of stuff with the CATI blog and it's all about getting information out there so that people know, Hey, this is something you can do. And that's something that, you know, we as AEs, Whenever we get on a call with a customer, you and I have been on site to a couple of customers together. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's always customers saying, hey, I need to solve this problem. And we say, what about this button that's sitting right in front of you? But you don't know to look <laughs> for it because you're so focused on, I have to get my job done effectively. And I think part of doing your job effectively is, is utilizing your mates in a way that makes sense. Because I don't know about you. I've seen some really funny ways of people mating stuff in place. Like people use concentric mates to fit something in, in a slot. And then they're like, okay, now the plane's going to be uh, coincident when they could just use the lock rotation or something like that. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and it's amazing just how creative people get versus just use the button, use the one that's right there. But that's why I like the with mate because it's so, as my models grow, things are going to still stay centered. And I think that that's really, really helpful, especially in like the driver's contest, because that's why I'm very interested in mates. Because if you put your mates in the wrong place, things to be very problematic. Yep, exactly. And even with that with mate, right, you can the different um end condition options, right, where you can like different constraint options where you can have it floating or offset it, right, as well. So it's basically like building a, a limit mate in without actually having to define the extents of it as well. So a lot that you can do with it. Now you mentioned magnetic mates though, and talking about things that people don't necessarily know exist, 
I don't think I talk to very many customers at all that either know it exists or use it very widely. What is ultimately that use case for like a magnetic mate? Because you and I both know like it can have it can have an extensive amount of power and it can be a very, very useful tool. But it, it, I know that they're kind of newer, so not everybody knows that they exist. So what can I really use magnetic mate for? What makes them so great? Yeah, they are newer and they are pretty niche. I mean, they're, you know, mostly for facility layout type things. Um, what you'd, what you'd see that for. So like large assemblies where you're, you know, moving conveyors around or different machines and, you know, big assemblies, zooming in, zooming out to try to make things into place. Whereas with these, it's you know, just how it sounds. So you, you build in these, these, um, assets that it knows where to, um, you know, different, uh, mating faces, right. That you can then just drag and have those basically snap to other um, magnetic mates uh, that exist. Um, so it really saves you the time of, you know, zooming in, zooming out, you know, putting in all the mates you need to get that to be fully constrained. Um, you can then, what happens when you want to move it, right? You have to go remove all those mates and then mate it somewhere else. Well, with yeah. the magnetic mates, you can basically pull it apart and have it you know, snap somewhere else. So you've kind of so got it these- is, you know, pretty, pretty niche, right? Where for certain, probably it's not for everybody, but um, if it can be helpful for you, it's definitely a really powerful tool. So could you see a situation where it's like, I'm just assembling this, this model. It's not necessarily a large assembly, but I could add in my hardware and I just want to drag and drop it. And I want to just snap it here. And then I want to snap something else here. Maybe not hardware or something like that, but I have different add-ons and I just want to add them to it. So even in a smaller situation, like not laying out a building or something like that, but I just want to add a couple things here and there, just drag it in place type thing. And it's always these spots. Yep. Um, well, those probably more things like the mate references, which we, we touched on as well, right? Like you can build those into the most more standard um, components, right? Where you can, you know, basically don't even have to have them open. You can drag them in and they look for their other mate references to, to snap into place. Um, there are other tools as well, right? It's just like the context menu, being able to quickly add, you know, in that scenario that you're talking about, you know, to snap those into place and basically add those mates really quickly without having to go up into to menu bars to you know, turn on the mate tool and select the mate you want. A lot, much all the standard and even a lot of the advanced mates um, now are just available on that um, quick mates toolbar that pops up right at your mouse. So you just, you know, click what you want the mate to and pops up right at your mouse and you, you click what you click what you want. Yet, I would bet if you talk to most people with the quick mate toolbar, they'd go, I don't know what that is. Is that the little thing that comes up right as I start to move my mouse and then it goes away? That I can that I completely ignore. Yes, yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's definitely one of the things in uh, I'm teaching, especially like the essentials class, right? Where people, yeah, if they, it's meant so that you don't have to move your mouse. So if you're one of those people that, you know, always kind of moving quickly, right? You might not even see it because you click and then you move your automatically moving your mouse right away. That menu bar goes away because it's assuming you don't care to stay in that one place because so it just disappears. Another one of those things that like, if you don't know it's there, then you're not going to take advantage of it. But it's one of those things where like the QuickMates toolbar, I'm glad you mentioned that we do this training or you do this training. Last time I actually saw you was you were teaching a class and yeah, you, you had like froggy voice. You could you could barely talk. It was kind of funny. <laughs> yes. Um, and of course, a lot we, of talking going on that week. Yeah. And uh, obviously, we chose a loud restaurant, so that made it <laughs> lots of fun trying to talk across the table to each other. That it did. <laughs> but going through that training and and just picking up on those little those little tips and tricks. I when I was at Drivers, I would do like quick tip videos and <laughs> like those little things of I want to highlight this little bit that maybe could be of use to you, even if it's not something that's going to take me ten minutes to explain, but 
the breadcrumbs, in, for example, inside of SolidWorks, the QuickMate toolbar, people don't take advantage of that stuff, especially not, not the little things. Like SolidWorks is constantly trying to make your life a little bit easier, so you have to move your mouse less. And yet, I don't know about you, everybody's moving their mouse. It's always just twitch, 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 twitch. It's going all over the screen. Nobody seems to know what options are out there, especially the QuickMate stuff. Exactly. And the breadcrumbs are another uh, huge one that's been added in the last few years and one of the ones that took a little bit of getting used to, but one that I really like a lot. And I do emphasize that a lot when I'm teaching and showing people, you know, what it can do, right? And how it can be, you know, really helpful to, for your efficiency when you're designing. Yeah. So 3D Experience World is a great way for us to teach people. Like the whole point of that conference is for us as as the, the VAR reseller, the people that touch SolidWorks constantly, you know, we're out there to learn from Dassault, learn from SolidWorks, learn from the people that are around it. We're also there to learn from our customers and from just other customers from around the world because, you know, it's this great scenario where we can all kind of get together virtually the last couple of years, hopefully next year in person. We can hopefully. all kind of get together and we can learn. And like your presentation, I think it's on YouTube somewhere. If not, you can find highlights of it or something like that. But yeah, I think it's, uh, I think they just sent out an email. It's on the, Maybe it's on the 3D experience platform or it is available out there somewhere. Um, but I'd have to have to find out exactly where that is. We'll have to see if we can find it. I can put it in the description once I find it. That way, if anybody's curious, like, hey, what what is this II matey presentation all about? <laughs> we can actually take a look at it. So that's one way we can teach people is is presentations and seminars and like people getting together in in a big situation in a big uh, like the rollouts. That's another great place for us to teach people how to do things. Another, and the user groups, those are a great one, yeah. And the user groups. Uh, subtle plug here, I am presenting <laughs> at the 3D Experience user group meeting that we have oh, excellent. next month. Do I know what I'm talking about? Vaguely. <laughs> uh, is it going to sound like that when I present? No, it's going to sound perfectly polished because I'm, I'm going to get there. I just haven't yet. Yes, but exactly. user group meetings, another great way that we like to teach people videos. Uh, you and I were talking beforehand. I had Brandon Elms on two weeks ago now. Brandon does a ton of videos, and I know that you do quite a bit with the videos yep. as well. Uh, you review videos and you make your own. Yeah. But the one that you and I probably interact with the most is the blog. Because we yes. we both like to write and edit and, and work on that stuff. Well, at least I do. I assume you do because you're so involved <laughs> with the blog. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you hate it. But <laughs> when we write about blogs, Ryan, what do you think? makes a good blog especially about something like cad like we talked right before some people are going to read this and it's going to be dry because how many times can you talk about mates in a blog and not bore somebody but yet there there are things that we can do there are things that you have found like in a really good blog what do you think makes a good blog what's what's that secret ingredient well, uh, the biggest thing is, right, is the content, right? And making sure it's, you know, something valuable to everybody. But then, you know, with blogs and with, you know, the presentations, like the one I did, it's also making it, you know, enjoyable uh, to read or to watch and making it entertaining that someone's going to, you know, to want to want to sit there and read through it. But definitely the biggest thing is, you know, that it's getting valuable information or something, um, answering the question that, that people are looking for. What about relatability? Like what I always try to do with my blogs, I always started off with, here's an example that I just heard about. Like most of my blogs are inspired by conversations I have with customers and a customer will say, I want something that does this, like the drawing packet blog I wrote a few months ago, that was mm -hmm. directly from a customer. Like they mentioned that to me and I said, ooh, and I put that exact scenario inside of the blog. So I like to make it very relatable so that somebody reads it and says, that's what I'm trying to do. Yes. 
what what kinds exactly. of things do you think we can do for relatability? And what kinds of things do you think people like to find? Um, I agree exactly with what you said there. That's something I do as well, right? It's, it's things that you hear, like questions that came up during you know a training class or things you hear from a customer on tech support, right? And, and saying that, I was talking with a customer, right? And they asked this question and here's how, you know, we figured it out or, you know, what we figured out as, as the solution. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with clearly what you said there as far as how we, um, how we can make, make that relatable is, you know, people want to see that, oh, other people are having this. It's not just the people from CATI are writing about something. It's other customers are experiencing the same issue that I am. I find it amazing how many of our customers, and you can speak to this as well from the solid side. So many of our customers, hey, yes, you are all unique, wonderful little little children. That yes, everything <laughs> that you do is completely completely different from everybody else. At the same time, everybody runs into the same problems. Ultimately, like I don't know, do you agree? Like everybody runs into the same stuff. It's just how you approach the problem might be slightly different based off what you're doing. I completely agree with that. And that's another reason why, I mean, back to the user groups or even the 3D experience world with like seeing presentations from um, their users, right? Not just a easier yeah. thing is right. Cause you're seeing that, you know, the struggles that other people having and how they're solving them. And, you know, a lot of times it's maybe validation on, on what we're doing. Cause it's the same thing. <laughs> um, you know, we we're showing as well, but you know, they're doing it out in, uh, out in the field uh, using those things. I learn more from our customers, I think, than I do reading our own blog or YouTube videos, I learn more just like customers say, here's what I'm doing and how I'm approaching a problem. I'm floored by some of the ideas that our customers come up with and, and some of the some of the workarounds when something doesn't work the way they expect it to. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Or, you know, they have discovered, hey, I want my system to do this. And you go, huh. Yep. <laughs> I, I actually just talked to a customer yesterday and they asked me, if they could use a QR code to find their files inside of the Solid PDM vault. And I thought, you know, that's actually really cool because we can use like PDM hyperlinks and, you know, I scan it, use web two, boom. Now I've got my file open in front of me. Wow. I, I had never thought of that. <laughs> and never even thought to try it. Yeah. <laughs> but then you think about, it, you know, you know, a QR code is an, is a URL. Oftentimes it can be a video game, which is cool. Sure. <laughs> but you know, I, I, I'm amazed by our customers yes. and the different things that they come up with and, and the inspiration that they give us because I couldn't write a blog without our customers. I wouldn't be very good at it. Probably wouldn't be things people want to read either without, you know, seeing the, getting that information from, from other users. For sure. Last question, and then I'll let you go because I know right. and I both have a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> what has been your favorite part about, like, you, you don't, you're not... Yeah. You're not like a blog manager, but yet you you do kind of manage the process and you work with all of us that are doing our blogs. What's been your favorite part about it? Uh, well, really just kind of interacting with everyone and, see, you know, seeing everyone's different styles. So, you know, back to, you know, your question before about relatability, it's, you know, people writing within their own uh, unique styles, right? It's not just, you know, the, here's the bullet points, right? It's um, people using their creativity, come up with different ideas and their different writing styles and, and creating, you know, their own voice right in the blog everyone has their own technique everybody has their own style behind it but i think it's i think that's one of the things that makes the blog so much fun is you'll read a blog by me and then you read a blog by joe frank i think he's got a blog here going up in the next couple of days Correct. our styles 
are very, very different. <laughs> but I love reading Joe's stuff. Brian, I, yes. like, I love reading your stuff and, and Rowan's stuff. Uh, just the yep. person that pops to mind is yep. Rowan does great work. Yep. But <laughs> agree. You know, there's there's just so much out there. There's so many ways you can learn. And I, Ryan, thank you so much for joining me on this because I, I think that learning SolidWorks is something that we can all be better at because I don't think there's an AE out there that knows every single thing you can do in SolidWorks. If there is, I want them on the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> but there's so much you can do. There's so much you can learn and there's so many different ways you can learn. So Ryan, thank you for joining me to kind of talk about A, your presentation, II Matey, because that was <laughs> that was really cool seeing you up on, on the screen that just says like one of the top five presentations. We'll go with number two, the number two presentation yep. of all. <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> so Ryan, congratulations again and thank you for joining me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And uh, the podcast is awesome. Enjoy enjoy listening to it. I, I appreciate that. And I'll be sure to have you on again very soon. Hey, maybe we can talk about training or something like that. I don't know. Sounds right, good. That was Ryan Field, our senior application engineer on the SolidWorks side of the business. Uh, if you're in Ohio and you need AEs to come on site, hey, maybe you can meet both of us. Make it both of us. Yep. <laughs> All right, Nick, take care. All right. Thanks, guys.